Welcome to the Saturn Studs Podcast. It's me, your temporary co-host, Peter, joined by my smiling co-host, Jake. And we it is episode 299, which of course means that it is the final edition of the cast. This episode is the last episode we will be recording tonight. That's a good one. No you got episodes. me. You After got tonight. me. I thought I was about to receive a pink slip over Discord. <laughs> I'm sending I'm sending you on a business trip to go see Brad Grammer. Brad Grammer. Then I show up five years later with a shotgun and a hook hand, say Brad Grammer sends his regards. The ghost of the ghost of grammar. Um why was that? We will we'll talk about that next week, but I need to ask. I need, there's a question in my head of why that was the recurring character we decided on. I probably explained it to myself at one point, but even now, standing where I stand, I'm not standing, by the way, I'm sitting, uh, but, st- <laughs> <laughs> but standing where I sit now, I think to myself, how did, how Look, did this come all, all I know is um, I spawned on this podcast and... Uh, there were talks of a man named Brad, and you really had me like thinking there was some, I don't know, relative or some shit that you guys had who listened to this podcast who lived in Florida, and things went awry at one point. And then I really started asking questions when you you were alluding to his disappearance in a a bayou uh, with something related to alligators or some shit. So. Turns out that was just the last thing we said to him was bye you. I don't think I hope no one's made that joke. I hope no one should make no Everybody in make Louisiana. <laughs> All the dads Can- in Louisiana <laughs> have made that joke at least. Cancel the wetlands. The wetlands are canceled because of no that more. Joke. Insensitive to all marshes everywhere. Of course. Um I, man, Jake, where where are we? Because I don't know where I am. I can't stop thinking about Cookie, cookie Witches. Cookie Witches got me. Uh, cookie, cookie, whoo, lordy, lordy. Whoo, got to unzip my quarter zip. Whoo. They, they got me thinking. I, I have I have uh, gotten the vapors, my lord. <laughs> the vapors. Lord, forgive me. I'm about to go in on this Cookie Witch. <laughs> lord, forgive me. I am a holy man, and I am, I am a, I'm thinking unsavory things to do to these cookie and brownie witches um sheesh just from a picture dude shout out to burn dairy uh for your delectable treats uh send us some sponsor us we'll shout you out more upstate new york upstate new york makes them thick that's that's go put this podcast on a flash drive peter or kurt uh because i know kurt's gonna listen to this definitely and go slip it under the CEO of Burned. You're up there. You're up near upstate New York. Slip it under. Just slip, slip it in. Put in. Put it in your bottle of milk uh-huh. and return it. Secret like, message. Give it a listen. Give it a listen at three three minutes Where in. We did that. 
Get past the weird shit. <laughs> we did that for a while. We actually, like, I know, like, the Milkman is, like, a 50s yeah. thing. But for a solid, like, two years when I was in high school, we would go there. And that's how we'd get our milk in giant-ass glass bottles. And we'd return that's... them on a regular basis. That's, it's so Ithaca. It's so that is so super Ithaca. Ithaca. And Ithaca is gorgeous. Um, that's what I know. <laughs> Much like where we're Oh, I was, I was going to go off on another tangent right? where uh, a, shark, a shark tank thing that I saw where they were trying to bring back something oh. like the Milkman, but it was um, a uh, nut milk machine that you would have installed at your local grocery stores, and you would have a nut milk bottle that you could go and get refilled. So you just go to the nut milk machine and you select which kind of nut that you want to be milked and uh, put into your nice little glass bottle. Uh, so gone are the days of the milkman. Hello. Get your nuts. Hallelujah. The days of the nut man. The nut machine. <laughs> That's like, is that like the nutsero? It's like the juicero. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a juicer, but for nuts. Uh, and you get fresh nutted uh, almond milk and cashew milk and you name it. You pick your nut that you want milked and uh, there you have it, right right in the glass bottle. It drops that sweet <laughs> juice right into your glass. The one downside is the guy did say, they were like, what's the shelf life on these bad boys? He's like, they go bad in like five days. <laughs> And I was like, who's drinking? I mean, I guess for like a family of like four, but like, man, you got to have a routine every morning. Go on, Timmy. Grab your nut milk and pour it in your your cereal. Hey, hey, man, I applaud the guy who can hold five days before going back for more nut milk. Hey, hey, then you just buy two. You come home and you're double fisting some nut milk and you just say, honey... I've got plans for tonight. <laughs> I splurged on two nut milks. <laughs> Double fisting. Double we're about to. <laughs> we're guys. We're playing boys tonight. We're playing Edward Forty Hands, but with nut milk. <laughs> Give me your hands. I'm gonna duct tape these giant glass bottles of nut milk to your hands, and I'm gonna watch you finish it. <laughs> holy shit that's like fucking oh that's like just one step below the actual like an actual gallon challenge Edward 40 hands. that's oh, delicious shit. and of course that brings me to where we are coming at you from and i think it's appropriate that i tell you we are coming at you live from the grave of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, where the Supreme Court justice ceremony has started way, led by the Honorable Stephen Breyer, who is stepping down, and they are going to summon their pick for the next justice that will live out their century on the mm-hmm. Supreme Court. Yes, as you know, there are uh, there are only nine uh, justices at this point, and it must... Rec- uh, remain nine because of the law of equivalent exchange now if you get another philosopher's stone you can actually bump that up to 10 and that was one of the things trump was trying to do during his presidency 
um, but unfortunately he wasn't able to find it. So we have to use the alchemy circle mm-hmm. to reconstitute mm-hmm. RBG yeah. into yeah. the new and, justice. And and, and it is it is con- it is worth to know because we are a unbiased media source that. Uh, we have to poke poke at the Democrats too. I mean, it is no secret that Hillary Clinton has a stockpile of these philosopher stones, and that is the ever looming threat of packing what they call that's what they call packing the Supreme Court uh, with more philosopher stone homunculi that will then create more Democrat uh, Supreme Court justice. Flipping that to you know, however many they want to add, you know, mm-hmm. five, ten. Yep. Yeah. Uh, when asked, you know, Biden could not be reached for comment concerning questions about whether or not drone strikes were being used to feed the to harvest souls to put into the philosopher's stone and create another um, congress. We assume that he was too busy uh, uh, recovering from his battle with Peter Ducey in his Bacta tank, uh, <laughs> just. Slowly recovering strength, um, and uh, he will he will emerge in I think three days time, uh, or if the uh, sun moves behind the clouds, uh, he will come out sooner. Uh, he won't get afraid of a shadow. Uh, he'll just take a little adrenochrome shot and be good to go. <laughs> Which of course means six more weeks of filibuster. <laughs> Yes, that's what we want to avoid. So we hope that the weather is is good and he does emerge sooner. I love this. God, I want to write a book. I want to write a fucking book about this. That was that was a heady mix of Punxsutawney <laughs> Phil, Star Wars, and Full Metal Alchemist. You only get it here, folks. You only get it here, folks. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Here. Yes, at the Saturn Studs, um, home not only to just extended tangents about whatever that was, but also Trey Watch, the segment of the show where we trailer watch. We've been doing it for a while. I hope you're like up to speed at this point um, because we are jumping right in. I'm just going to start with the best. We're not even going to hold off. We got to get right into it with... Tyler Perry's a Medea homecoming. He said he was done, folks. This is the return of the king. This is the prodigal son. Come home to roost. This is, this is Tyler Perry decided to cut a deal with Netflix. <laughs> yeah, this is Tyler Perry got paid a fuck ton from Netflix to put on a dress again and play five characters. However, I am not seeing mm. like a, a big old uh, you know, star-studded cast. That we saw in the last one. Well, I mean, they're all, it's all one stud. It's, <laughs> I know we don't have, uh, we don't have the others, but we still got Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry, and, and Tyler Perry. Um, it looks like the only, like the, the headliners here, it's listed in the, the description is uh, it's got Tyler Perry, uh, Tamala J. Mann, uh, Tamila, I think it's probably not, probably not Tamala. <laughs> it's like Pamela, but with a T. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do they want us to say? You you replace the P in Pamela with T. It's Tamala. It's, it's Tamala. It's T for Tamala. <laughs> I, think, I think it's Tamila. Tamila oh, fuck J. that. Man. It's Tamala. Uh, I like Tamala better. Da- 
uh, with her, I'm guessing, da- dad or other family member, um, David Mann, leader of the Mann family. <laughs> The manly, you know, I um, and then I had Brendan, a I had a, a childhood friend whose uh, family name, well, his last name was Man. So I mean, yeah, you get it. There was mm-hmm. several of the Mans, and ironically, there was a girl Man. <laughs> That's true. It's 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 rare, but it can um, happen. Tyler Perry is, uh, or Medea, I should say, is okay. decorating her house with. Uh, catchphrases now uh, you see on the front. Hello. Can't even be bothered to say them anymore. Just leave them up there yep. as a reminder. Uh, this movie's going to um, be chock full of delicious bits. Yeah, it's I you know the more I the more I watch these it the more it becomes apparent to me that they really do cut these trailers around the living room bits but those are what people come yeah. to see like they come to see tyler perry in a 15 minute scene with just himself delivering a a disassociative soliloquy amongst <laughs> like three of his own characters <laughs> and it just keeps going like it's an ad lib bit that they just didn't cut any time for it's it's someone just puts on a fucking chest timer and then when it rings, the scene's over, no matter where at in the conversation they uh, he is. It's it's really amazing, and they don't put it in the trailer. Yeah, it's 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 something else. Um, there's you got people jumping off buildings. You got yeah, uh, Medea saying the lines. Funny. Yep, lines. she's got some funny things. She. Uh, Medea uh, goes on a bit about how Jesus Christ turned water into wine, and she has to go to the liquor store to get hers. Praise him. Um, I mean, there's really no joke in there. It's just a statement of fact, or at least religion. It's it's That's, just something your aunt would yeah. say. It's uh, like a joke after she goes to the liquor store, or before she goes to the liquor store. Get a bag of, of, of whatever, like a France. But now we do. We 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 can, you know, finally pinpoint where Medea lives, and she does live. She must live in a state that probably uh, does not allow liquor to be sold in uh, grocery stores. Mm-hmm. No, that's one of the Let me see frustrating which... things about Maryland, where I am from. Is that mm-hmm. nope can't can't be in the same place where there's ham and cheese and produce. <laughs> you have to have a whole another building for that. Yep. All right. Let me see which which grocery stores are. Yeah. What states allow grocery stores to sell liquor? Let's see it, kids. Um. So the ones that it's I guess the list is shorter for the ones that can. So. If you're in any of the following states, you can pick up that booze from your uh, your uh, your supermarket. Uh, we got Arizona, California, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maine, Massachusetts, Michigan, Missouri, Nebraska, Nevada, New Mexico, North Dakota, South Dakota, Washington, West Virginia, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Huh. Interesting. Good to know. I, 
there's no jokes to be had. That's just that's we are an educational podcast. <laughs> we are here mm-hmm. to serve you the the funnies and the education, the information. Only get it here. Mm-hmm. It's it's a battle of raw, the unfiltered content. Uh, just like Tyler Perry serves us up every once in a blue moon whenever he is summoned. Every, whenever he feels Whenever like he it. just rolls out of bed and says, you know what, I'm going to make a million dollars today. And then goes to any studio, Netflix, his own, you know, you name it. it re- and they say, sure, really we'll bankroll you. And he says, okay, well, I, here's, this, here's this new idea. He says, he goes to them. He goes to Netflix and says, Instead of wasting money on like big names, like who are the, who are the, the other ones? David Ortiz and yeah, one of the ones. Yeah, the only one I remember <laughs> from Boo Yeah. Too. How about we get like lesser known people and just me? <laughs> just pay me what more, budget. and then just pay the other people less. And they're like, "Oh my god." Mm-hmm. That makes us more money. Thank you. That's a great idea. Yep. Smart man. I, I'm i actually surprised that they haven't done, like, a Medea Zoom call joke yet. Where she's on a Zoom call with all, t- all of the other characters. And it's just it's just the living room scene, but it's a but it's like a digital. Hey, I maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the one where they're um. It's ho- it's called homecoming. I don't know if we mentioned that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sp- Spider Man, Medea's no way. Yeah, Medea no they, way home. I don't know if there's a dance or, or what, but maybe Spider Man will show up. Uh, maybe that's where they put the money. Uh, and uh, Spider Man's not listed in IMDb, but. Uh, maybe maybe that's how it starts off. Maybe it's the homecoming of all of her. Uh, what are they to her? Siblings, friends, colleagues. Something. I think it's. I think the actual like the plot is that his daughter is graduating. But well, maybe everybody moved away, and then she's she's got to set up Zoom, and half the movies her just mm-hmm. figuring out Zoom, and they have like twenty jokes about. Like, and they just do that, that uh, living room scene over Zoom. I'm, as long as one of the guys, as long as one of the guy characters has the the dad uh, phone camera, where it's like yep. it's him looking down. That's at the necessary, camera and you just see right up his mm-hmm. nose. You see every nose one of there. them has to accidentally turn on the green screen, and then get freaked out by it. Whoa! Why am I on a beach? Yeah. Whoa. It's not the song. I'm not even dressed for this. It's some, you know, you'd say some stupid stuff like that. I, just, I, I'm thinking back to No Way Home or to Spider Man, and all I'm picturing is Medea with the glasses, with the Edith glasses, <laughs> but they're Medea's glasses. <laughs> and don't let the drones come. Up. And she's like, so I need you to go to the liquor store. <laughs> and in the corner, stuff. it has the the name of it, and it's Medea, not Edith. <laughs> <laughs> she just sitting in the living room and comes in with like a fucking with a plate of dinner on it it's like why thank you huh. we'll have some of this <laughs> why is Medea not in the Marvel Universe that's his next move he was he's, he's starting with Netflix his next step is Disney 
Tyler Perry's a Medea crossover movie. Yes. Yo, you know what? You know what? We joke about it now. But there's money to be made there, okay? And you know that the death of Chadwick Boseman just delayed it a little bit. Wait, they made a fucking Wakanda joke in the in the move in the trailer. Oh, right where the 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 white character goes and he goes Wakanda forever, and they fucking slam the door in his face. So I think I think canonically, Medea takes place in the MCU. That makes sense. That makes sense. Hold on, I, I, I yeah, yeah, there was a Wakanda. <laughs> Who the fuck is this? This random person just coming in here. Unless that's Tyler Perry in Whiteface? No, that can't be, right? I think it's... Uh, I think it's... Gen- um, Brendan O'Carroll. Oh, oh, yeah, Agnes Brown. Yeah. No. Okay, he is, he's a Dublin native. That would make sense, yeah. Okay. You're right. Oh... He does he does a flip like a multi-character thing too. So he's he's Miss Brown. So this is like a crossover with with like his this is wild. Oh, really? Oh, shit. Oh. He, yeah, cuz he does like a Miss Doubtfire kind of thing too. What the this why is this so audacious? This, like this is a This is this is an ass. This just became an onion. Oh, this got layers. That's pretty good. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a TV show. Um, so this was a B. This is like the BBC version of Tyler. Yeah, Perry. I think so. Except I think you just did one character though. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's... How the fuck do they come into contact? That's how I want to know. Like, are we? Is like? Is is? Let me let me fact. Yeah, Mrs. Brown's boys. In 2014, there was a movie, Mrs. Brown's Boys, the movie, spelled D movie, the movie. Like, is Flip Wilson gonna come back from the grave, and and fucking join in too? Are they gonna CGI in Flip Wilson? This is awesome. Wakanda forever. That's where it came from. Jeez. Who knows? Maybe this is. Maybe this is a. Uh, Take place in the MCU. I don't know. It's, that's all I can hope for. That's the saving grace of this whole thing. Like, they, they actually got rid of the Defenders to make room for this. Yeah, that makes sense. They were eating up a good amount of budget. That rightfully should have gone to Tyler Perry's a Medea MCU. Jesus. Well, shit. That's a lot for one trailer, but, I mean, the rest of them are just the are duds. Is- we got the Cursed trailer yep. which um is again it's spooky. horror movie in i don't know when this is actually releasing but uh Jan- it's a january yeah february, february horror movie it's pretty bad. february 18th um, in the only in theaters february right that's right yeah it's february not even, it's just releasing it's just coming out like no one cares um the only interesting things about this movie is that apparently it was called it was originally released as a independent film like eight for silver um and people were like wow yeah um i have to shout out one of the the title shots which is um oh let me find it 
It was uh, yeah. It says it's the one that says not for the faint of heart. It's and the site that it's from is called but why though. But why? Yeah, but why though? Uh, <laughs> <Which> <laughs> Not only just not reputable, it's a fucking nothing kind of a joint there, but it it just undercuts. Like putting that in your trailer, just fucking undercuts it. I mean, so honestly, hard. if you use just these like cuts of these, like, what are these called? Like review cuts, um, or early yeah, early like screening reviews, uh, cuts in the trailer. Mm-hmm. I would almost think of these as like a parody because there's another one that says outright chilling. From comingsoon.net. <laughs> yeah. Which is which is where we find like the the shitty reviews. Yeah. Like there's one that's here that says the best horror one of the best horror films of the year and it's in January. Yeah. Yeah. Like what why in January? <laughs> like every movie that comes out this time of year is like shit. Mm-hmm. They're really trying to salvage it for what they can. Um, the movie itself, like, it's, it's spooky. There's a spooky ghouls around, and that's about yeah. the long short of it. The Except for one detail, which fucking gets my goat, like, amazingly, um, and that is the teeth. There's a set of silver teeth at the beginning of this that are, I mean, it's a, it's kind of a generic symbol, but in this context, it's, it's uh, the Greek phi. The capital phi, which is a circle with a line through it. Now, it could be, it could. I don't know what the significance of the symbol he, in this movie is, but looking at it like etched into teeth in this shape, I cannot think about anything else except the sigil of New Phyrexia from Magic: The Gathering. It is just the Phyrexian symbol. Like this is something that, uh, like a demon from from the evil zombie plane would wear on its teeth yeah i that just like and no one's calling it out in the comments no one's drawing any attention to it but as someone who plays magic the gathering that just it sticks out in a really weird way yeah yeah let me, oh yeah oh totally yeah that's a hundred percent frexian just the frexian logo <laughs> yeah. right yeah i found it um and at first i thought like oh silver teeth is this like are they gonna do some weird shit with like um, a a vampire coated his teeth in silver to kill werewolves or something like that? I'm like, that's kind of a cool thing in my head canon that I came up with by seeing the the mm-hmm. thumbnail of this. Uh, it doesn't have anything to do with that apparently. It's just it it looks like the most generic creepy shit rolled into a movie, and that's it. And it doesn't seem like scary it's just people screaming it's set in like an olden time uh there there, there's somebody being buried alive and a scarecrow being put up and that scarecrow comes to life and then the rest of the movie is just people running around screaming yeah and shitty jump scares shitty jump scares that's what this movie should be called shitty jump scares because that's all it is that's all it's gonna be fuck Fuck you, it's January. Yeah, and uh, the first comment has it right on the money. Good job, Henry Powell. One of the best horror films this year, he says in quotes. That's what they, they're claiming. So, like, the four weeks of horror films so far, it's got to be up there somewhere. He's right. 
They probably put this shit in January so they don't get called out for like false advertising. Name a scarier movie that's come out in 2022. I'll wait. <laughs> Actually, that is probably a better one. Whatever, whatever the next Bruce Willis. Movie yeah. Oh, is. got him. Ooh. Bruce Willis should be in a in just a horror movie so that he can be the old man in the beginning before everyone starts dying, and that's his whole part in the movie. He can just be in there for the one scene, and then he can disappear. And then, um, yeah, somebody did say that um, they saw this at Sundance last year when it was called Eight for Silver at the time. I don't know. I don't understand the meaning behind that, but okay, okay. Maybe the silver teeth or some of mm-hmm. that, but alrighty. Um, that's the cursed. Go see it, February eighteenth. Cursed, and it might be the yeah, worst. Yeah, it might be. Um, we uh, now I know very little of it, so I'm gonna spend very little time. I'm just gonna say it, and I mm-hmm. don't really feel like reading all the subtitles. But Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, the movie teaser trailer. Uh, yeah. Now this looks like an actual te- like what a teaser should be or a movie trailer should be cuz it it just lays out why you should go see this movie I think cuz again I don't know all I know is this is the fighting anime where they just do fighting and it's about anime fights that's about all I know about it but I mean fucking it lays it all out for you it's like hey look there's a big fight coming mm-hmm. And there's a there's a bad guy, and he's got a cool new power, and our good guy is gonna fight the bad guy with his yeah. power, and there's some supporting characters. Yep, they show you very little. And a, ju- I am thoroughly teased. It's like, cool. That that's literally what we I need movie trailers to yeah. be. They they should in fact sell you on going to the movie. Yeah. Um, good job, anime. You did it. Not like, not like my ex is my stepmom's daughter, <laughs> which is also coming out. Um, we got another teaser trailer. Uh, not another, but we have another teaser trailer. Uh, this is the first, the announcement for Pinocchio or Pinocchio, maybe? Um, P- Pinocchio? Pinocchio? I guess. Pinocchino? Guillermo del Toro. Um, had this crazy idea one day, and he decided to make a movie about it and call it Pinocchio or some shit. Uh, now I thought this bitch was Geppetto. It's not Geppetto. <laughs> no, no, he's he's Jiminy Cricket. He's James Jum Jiminy Cricket. Oh, Jiminy Cricket. That's what his name is. Geppetto was the dad. Dude, I fucking yeah. It's been a minute since I've seen Pinocchio. Okay. Oh, so this is Jiminy Cricket. No, he's the dad because he's got Geppetto, like the pedo in the name, to know that he's the the adult figure. (laughs) Okay, so this is Jiminy Cricket. Okay, all my qualms are done. I I have no Mm. more qualms. Uh, Yeah, he's he's like I'm. I got the real story for this. Is like the beginning of um. Robin Hood Men in Tights, where you got the Merry Men rapping in the forest to tell you the plot. Yeah, and uh, apparently we didn't get the full true story from the original Pinocchio, and we're gonna we're gonna learn something uh, December twenty twenty two 
from Netflix when they show us this movie. This is the tell-all documentary from Jiminy, from James Cricket. Jameson Cricketson. Um, Now the question is, is this also going to depart from the the creepy Italian Pinocchio that came out a couple years ago? Uh, You remember that one? It might be similar to that one. I don't know. I, Guillermo del Toro, like the the early announcements of this, said it, it's like gonna be on the creepier side. Of course, and especially with like the stop yes. motion, is that stop motion or whatever kind of animation? Oh shit, looks like Coraline or something. Yeah, but all we've seen is a cricket um, and like a little little wood living room, so we haven't seen a whole lot. Oh shit, this is the. Right, this is the... I'm showing Jake the Italian 2020 Pinocchio uh, movie. Yeah, I remember this coming around our our purview and getting... And we didn't... I don't think we watched the trailer for it. We just, like, saw the some images. And it was like, what yeah, the fuck is this? Yeah, because the fucking Pinocchio looks like Bicentennial Man made out of wood. Yeah. And I'm looking at it now, and it's just like... This dirty Italian man running around a field. I I I'm at a loss for words. I don't want to finish. There's this like little, there's like gremlin people being like ah come with us. Ah. Pinocchio, where's his Pinocchio. Uh, where's his nose? Is his nose gonna grow? I want his nose to grow. Yep, there it is. Yeah, gremlin people. Yep. I think it's like, oh, yeah, he's lying. You're lying, you little bitch. Yep. And it's the most, it's the most, uh, what do you call it? Um, not steampunk, but like that kind of like, not Wes Anderson, but, you know, the, like that really stylized version of like the past where everything's like weirdly color graded yeah. and grimy mm. shit interesting um, yeah a lot of this looks okay, really creepy yes. I don't know if they're gonna keep up with that maybe they will who knows it's almost like Tim Burton-esque yeah, yeah Tim Burton-esque thanks Matteo Garone boy. um and that's it I mean uh, oh we have the um we have the the yeah, most boring super <laughs> pumped we, super Pumped. It is. It is definitely the most boring, intense trailer uh, I have watched in a, in a long time. The biopic about Uber. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Uber, Uber car service, and this Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Why? What are you? What is your like motivation behind projects at this point? Like you, you're on like uh, whatever that little show, that Go ninety show thing was, where it was like. Um, it was some weird variety thing. Mm. I remember that. And then you were on fucking like Tenet or like Inception. And now you're doing like the Showtime Uber movie. <sighs> What's your thought process, buddy? Where, where, where are we going? Maybe, maybe he had to take a nice vacation. Maybe, maybe the script was easy like to read. <laughs> just working for a living, I guess. Like, I don't know. He always struck me as someone who, who wanted to be more... Mm-hmm. Than just like a, a workaday actor, He's, he wanted to be like a suave kind of Hollywood man. Yeah, and he is like cool, like a cool cucumber, like a real hep cat. 
um, the bee's knees, you know, you know, the old 23 skidoo, real McCoy run runner kind of a guy. I think I think he's that. He might be that. Uh, he does play magic. Like zoot suit. Man. He does play magic though. Yes. And I think uh, is this the guy who? No, I think it was. Um, no, it wasn't George. It was Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think it was somebody else with three names. Uh, Michael uh, Michael Murray. Bill Murray. No, uh, my, he went to my high school. Cool. <laughs> he, I think he was a he was like a '90s star or early 2000s. Because the only other celebrity I can recall that plays magic avidly is Poster Malone. Got what a dick. Uh, Chad Michael Murray, three. The three named actors. Uh, yeah, he went to my high school. Chad. I don't really know what he was in. Uh, One Tree Hill. Dawson's Creek. Oh. There we go. August 24th, 1981. Buffalo, New York. Age 40. Morgan. Man, if he was born... Mr. Mister Hunk, I guess. He was uh, apparently a hunk. I mean, if you're on One Tree Hill and Dawson's Creek, yeah, he, yeah you were, you were living on on girls' bedroom walls throughout. Yeah, he he was a dreamboat, just like Joseph Gordon-Levitt probably was a dreamboat, and uh, yeah, this I don't know this Uber movie. But Chad Michael Murray has three first yeah. names. Joseph Gordon-Levitt only has two. Exactly. They collect them from their get, victims. Get your shit together. They're like the teardrops are for actors. <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt has the equivalency of only only one teardrop because it's a bonus name. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give it that. Is Bruce, is Bruce Willis working on getting his third first name? Yeah, that's why he's doing all these. He movies. is. He's waiting to kill somebody. He's like you know some some predators are ambush predators. You know they have to lie in wait for a while. <laughs> For the opportunity to come along, you know? Like, some of these guys are like Black Widow spiders, you know, brown recluse, like, real dangerous. But, you know, sometimes you got you got your, your trapdoor spider. You got your Bruce Willis is your trapdoor spider. He hides in the ground until until a mouse comes by. Uh, and then he reaches out. You know, I, I heard... And grasps at him. I heard uh, Alec Baldwin is getting his new name soon, so I can't wait to see what that will be. <laughs> he finally... He finally got his first kill. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Is enough? You know what? Is enough time pass? <laughs> it's, see, it was it was high. You know what? It's high profile enough that I think uh, instead, you know, it's it's a delicate. It's really is a delicate event. Um, I don't think it would be right for him to get it from the victim uh, or the family of the victim. So I think one of the other Mur- uh, Baldwins is going to one of the lesser Baldwins is going to uh, offer himself as Lesser tribute. What, what are the other ones? Now? The subservient Baldwins. The lesser, the lesser Baldwins. Who <laughs> uh, do we got? Um, no, that's not the right. I just want a list. Just give me a list. 
Baldwin family. Here we go. Uh, Let's look up this. We got the four Baldwin brothers, Alec, Daniel, Billy, and Steven. Oh, okay. I think I think Billy is gonna gonna give up his name. So Alec will become Alec Billy Baldwin and Billy will just become like he'll give up his name and become Beta Baldwin. Yo, I'm just looking for like the, whatever the Wikipedia pictures that they have on their little like pop up ones. <laughs> They're so uh, good. Daniel looks like he's about to st- Daniel Leroy Baldwin looks like he's about to storm the Capitol. Billy Bal- William Joseph Baldwin looks like he's about to buy my house and then and then fucking turn it, flip it for a profit. I I love how they've in this this uh, shot I have here. It goes from um, from most well dressed Baldwin to least well dressed Baldwin, like in decreasing order of of like. Um, formal attire i need to share this image with you and then steven um, baldwin looks like he's gonna fix my hvac <laughs> like, like it's a scale on a scale which one are you from a four to a one which baldwin are you on? <laughs> how are you feeling right now this is what the nurses hold up when you uh when you're in the in the hospital bed with pain and you're you're really you're <laughs> You come into the hospital with pain somewhere. You need to self-identify as one of these Baldwins. If you were to describe yourself as one of the Baldwins, which would you pick? Point point to the Baldwin that you're at. Oh, shit. Steven? Oh. Okay, all right. We'll get you some painkillers real quick. Yeah, doctor, he said Steven. He's Steven Baldwin right now. We got a code. We got a code, Steve. A code, Steven. And then you just hear in the back. I'm trying to figure out who. I think. I love how Alex is the. In this picture, Alex is also the only one that is like fully in focus. The rest of these guys are like mid motion. The middle. The middle. I'm, I'm assuming it was part of like yeah. the crash junk where everything's moving around. He's swiveling his head, but they are like they're solidly in 480p, yeah. where Alex is in is is an actual 4K. The middle two look like they just sneezed. Yeah, <laughs> they look like their like their mustaches are trying to leave their bodies, yeah. or or they did or they're they did there. leave their body and they just picked it up, brushed it off, and put it back on. So shoot, like, sorry, like sorry guys, I don't that know, man. Like I I want a plaster cast of these guys' faces to make a statue out of. Not not in a creepy way. It's just that their upper lips make for perfect can like bottle openers like you stick one under there in their mouth and just and and the pot the top comes off of your bud light okay that's what i want their their faces for to open my cans bud okay i just i just gotta mention uh, before we leave the baldwin topic which don't don't remember how we got here but uh we got here it's better if we forgot the names of the baldwin brothers wives are not normal names Except for the first one. The first one gets a pass. Okay. Kim. Fine. Ex-wife. That's that's why she's ex. She didn't make the cut. Uh, the current wife of Alec Baldwin? Hilaria. Then we have... Uh, Isabella is not that bad. That's a former partner of Daniel. Okay. But then we have China. China Phillips. Uh, if you want to get more specific, apparently it's Gilliam China Phillips. And then it's just straight up Kenya is the wife of Stephen. He's the real, but she's not even a blue name. She doesn't have a a link. Wow, Kenya, 
Doesn't even have a link. They want to hide her. We need to s- we need to send someone to Kenya. Baldwin. But I think I think name. Alec really likes the weird names of girls because he named his daughter Ireland. Ireland Elise. Bro, this ain't fun. You you don't have to play GeoGuessr with your family. That's not what we meant when we said that. Like you, you they're all involved in the game. They're not the answers. Is she is she are they from like actual Ireland? Like, uh, so she's the passenger line. Shit, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I'm sorry. Right, I'm diving too deep into the Baldwin lore. Okay, I gotta get out of this Baldwin stun lock that I'm in. This, this has been a solid bald lock. <laughs> yeah. For us. Uh, Jesus. We aren't even. <laughs> we aren't even talking. Kurt's about gonna this. pop up on. So I'll pop up on this Discord and see Cookie Witch. Pinocchio and a Baldwin lineup <laughs> and just <laughs> just baffled. Uh, so that's Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Super Pumped <laughs> the Uber movie. That's right. That's what we were talking about. Uh, and that's the end of Watch. Because <laughs> I, we got no more. We got no more. But what we can do is follow up on on the, the, with, the with the follow up. Uh, where we where we go down and we read you off some numbers and some names of movies that you may or may not have seen. You might not even know that they're out, but they're out. They're out. And we're going to read you off for the weekend of the January 21st to 23rd. It is the weekend three, as Box Office Mojo states. Leading the pack, The Prodigal Son Returns. Back up to number one is Spider-Man No Way Home, grossing 14 milli, uh, down a respectable 30%, and it's starting to leave theaters, out 220 theaters, bringing in the total gross. Uh, domestic gross, 723, 926, so almost 724 million. They were angry. They said, hey, hey, we weren't number one last week. Kill screen. Yeah. Send it, it just web-slinged send it back. back up. Uh, international got 970 million, making the total worldwide 1.69 billion dollars. Great job, Spider-Man! I think you made your money back. Uh, uh, bump down to number two from number one. We got Scream coming in at 12 million, still stealing some money from Spider-Man, but it's okay. He'll go to jail because he robbed it. Uh, but down a chunky 60% in two more theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, total gross coming in at $87 million worldwide. Uh, Sing 2 coming in at the number 3, $5.7 million, down 28%. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 4 opening, Redeeming Love, $3.5 million opening weekend. It's a, it's a little tiny. It's a smaller movie. It's not yeah. a tiny movie, but... What is this shit? I'm sure they'll. Do we see a thing about this? Do we see a trailer? Sold into prostitution the, um... as a child, yeah. Angel or Angle uh, knows nothing but betrayal. Can her heart ever be amended? Based upon the novel by Francine Rivers. Rough. King's Man coming in number five with 1.7 million, down 19 percent. It is in its fifth week, and it. 
probably doesn't have much time left. 105 million worldwide is what it is sitting at right now. The 355, I think we talked about that the other week. Uh, 1.6 million. Floundering. Floundering out. Yep. Down 30%. Uh, it is uh, probably not going to make much more than the 19.6 million that it's made right now. Uh, American Underdog, number seven, with 1.17 million. That is, what is that shit? Oh, that's the, the, the Kurt Warner story. Yeah, the Kurt Warner story. It yeah. stayed domestic. I guess that makes sense. Uh, 23 million is its total gross. Good job, Kurt Warner. The Kings. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. On your wish. Uh, and now we got uh, number eight opening with The King's Daughter. Yep. It's amazing that, um, you know, we just had King, we had King Richard just a few months ago they're coming out with the sequel already this one's actually about serena and venus williams this time <laughs> as opposed to as opposed to the man who raised them oh, is that King um, Richard? it's really they're just really whipping out these this franchise as fast yeah. as they can here yeah they're they're, they're building um, that king cinematic universe quite well <laughs> uh they made um, that would be a funny joke if it wasn't for the actual um synopsis of this I don't know if you, you want to read that one. Jay. Yeah. All right. uh, King Louis the... F- uh, numbers. 14th, 14th, yeah. King Louis the 14th, quest for immortality, leads him to capture and steal a mermaid's life force. Oh, a movie that is further complicated. Further complicated than a mermaid's life force? By his illegitimate daughter's discovery of the creature? Okay. What are you doing, Step Mermaid? What are you doing, Step Mermaid? What is this? A sequel to uh to to the water love story? What is, what is that? The 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 Abe's ma, ma, uh, Abe Sapien origin Abe's story. origin story from uh I'd say I'd Hellboy? Call it Monster Love, but that's a different that's a different one. Um oh, shit. What is um like, Wasn't it something about water? Guillermo yeah, it was Del Toro. Del Toro fish love. <laughs> fish love. Story. Not quest love, fish love. <laughs> the, fish, <laughs> the shape, the of, shape water. of water. That dumb. I like fish I'm love. The, it's the Ed Sheeran. It's the Weird Al Ed Sheeran parody. I'm in love with the shape of water. Yeah. Weird Al as the fish guy. <sighs> 785,000 is that worldwide gross because it only opened it only had the balls to open domestically uh, or it just sold nothing overseas <laughs> um, West Side Story comes in at number 9 715 million down 22% uh, seventh week it's probably going to leave soon 60 million worldwide and rounding out the bottom at number 10, Licorice Pizza, making 659000 down a quarter, and coming in at $16.9 million worldwide take, and that actually is going to be our spotlight film. Before it gets the fuck out of here. Yeah, um, so we've gotten the results in. Uh, we sent some tests out last week. We got the results in. Um we all of us here we've tested positive for real reviewer traits yeah yep it's it's confirmed i've been informed like um the the reviewer uh disclosure act of 2013 requires that i tell you that we (laughs) 
are in fact uh, real reviewers. Uh, we need to make that notified. It's on the real reviewer registry here on IMDb. Um, now this is all you can see all the people that have reviewed these movies. Now this is all information that we have to share legally with the government. So if you want, you can go on to the U.S. State Department's website and fill out a Freedom of Information Act uh, claim where you can find all the real reviewers with real reviewer traits in your area just to be notified, just maybe to keep you safe around your friends and family. Maybe your neighbor's one. You don't know. They blend in. They look just like normal people. <laughs> but in the past... If you have committed a review within the past seven years, you have to disclose this information. If, if, if there is IMDb review activity on your account that is recent within the you've past flagged, seven years. You've been flagged as a review. Your IP address gets flagged. And the G-men will come to your door asking for your information. <laughs> And and boy, are the reviews here? They they came out in force. Um, it's it's amazing. So, I I think I'll have to start out with this vehement, vehement like strong ten out of ten review from Mofo eight sixty. Ten out of ten. Not sure. As I watched this movie in theaters, I was honestly confused by a lot of what was going on. The movie strayed away in different directions and seemed a bit erratic at times, but in the end, it all came together. For me, it created a very enjoyable and original movie experience. Uh, the two main stars were great, and their inexperience in acting was actually great because it made the movie more authentic. <laughs> Overall, it was a great feel-good movie with a lot of laugh-out-loud scenes that bring you back to the awkwardness of growing up. I left the theater in a great mood, and I can see myself watching again and again once this hits streaming services. Four out of six. Found that one helpful. Great. Um, and and boy, do these one out of tens come out swinging. Um, I, I'm scrolling through a couple of them. Uh, some of them are standing out, but this title has really pulled me in. One out of ten by Russell... Hinton, 72. Utter bilge. Utter bilge. Utter bilge. Bilge? B-I-L-G-E? Yep, like bilge water. Yeah. I feel like there could be something more guttural. Or if you're, or if you're in the Deutsche Land, the bilge water. Utter bilge. I think 50 cents was found in the gutter somewhere, and a few halfwits decided to make this crap. No plot, miscast, completely implausible, unlikable characters, cameos that were not only were bad but added nothing to the story. And just so long, I never walked out on a film tonight. First time in 49 years. 14 out of 23 found that helpful. He, he wasted that good money, walked out. Too bad, 50 cents. And we got a we all right. I, I, there's so many like middling reviews that I, I I'm spoiled for choice. But we'll we'll do this one from uh, Pen Rose, uh, four out of ten. Huh? Oh what? 
this movie was insane and weird and super long. 15-year-old boy falls in love with 25-year-old girl? What? And they participate in hijinks relating to the waterbed industry, pinball legalization, and a bunch of crazy side characters, which is nowhere near as interesting as it sounds because the plot is not there. It's just a bunch of painfully slow, absolutely insane things that happen all at once. Also, not funny, even though it's apparently a comedy. I think I exhaled through my nose like three times. The actors are good, though, and I liked how it was filmed. But how, how is this getting critically praised? L- literal nonsense with, with an extremely illegal relationship. <laughs> 14 out of 27. Yeah. That helpful. Yeah, that... As I'm as I'm learning more about the movie Maybe. through these reviews, fi- like thinking of a, a 15 and a 25 year old is not the best. So I'm I'm yeah. shout out to the yeah the other four out of ten that's just it's pedophile love story and it's talking about like <laughs> how it's kind of fucked up uh, that they that this is all about um, the 15 year old messing with the 28 year old. I like this line though from this four out of ten review. I'd give this film a nine. It's 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 one of those classic moments. Um, but anyways, so we got a ten. We got a ten out of ten over here, and now now like I said, the uh, some of these uh, ten out of tens don't sit well with me now. Um, grab yourself a slice. It doesn't sit yeah. well with me yeah, now. The- uh, good, real movie magic, mutual yes. love. Read the read. The- Read the one that says good. This is good. Because that's a direct contrast to the one. Because I, I was about to do uh, the a wow, but it's okay. I'll do a good. Oh, that one. No, I'll do, I'll do good. Uh, it's shorter. Good, says Abbott Vittorio. 10 out of 10. Good. This movie is absolutely wonderful. Fun and charming. It makes you promote sexual freedom and nudity without being hateful, even on young adolescents. By the way... A pretty great experience hoping to find more sexual freedom and sex-positive movies like this. The cast is truly big. Bradley Cooper is hysterical. Hysterically fan. Wait, what? I don't know. This cast is truly big. Bradley Cooper is hysterically fan. And the sister, Haim, is absolutely charming. To rewatch again. Two out of three. (coughs) Found that helpful. And boy, oh boy. That's gross. That's gross as shit. Yeah. Uh, Sex-positive movies are great. Don't get me wrong. I am all for that. Increase in sexual freedom. Things that promote that. We've lived in, like, the dark ages when it comes to this shit. I mean, hell, go over to the UK and turn on the TV after 9 o'clock. And they're just show, they're popping titties left and right. Because they're like, yeah, it's a, it's a boob. Like, it, if you don't want your kids to see this... <clears throat> put them to bed after nine or some shit and when they're teens they have the internet but this is a 15 year old boy i guess the boy, boy. yeah the boy is 15 yeah, years is, old and i've seen the trailer so i kind of i just i their relationship was like he kind of like sex pests her into like fucking him or like being in love with him or whatever and like we see there's a scene where she flashes him and like does that stuff and i'm like now that i understand that she was not meant to be like two years older than him like, yes i i assumed i thought she was like 17 and he was 15 it's like oh she's like the senior girl in high school that he's chasing no she's like 
apparently supposed to be like full grown ass woman. And like, what the fuck are you doing, Paul Thomas Anderson? That's grody shit. And uh, Abad and Vittorio. No, buddy. That's a no bueno for me. Yeah, and I think it also hurts the movie by making this 15 year old boy, and they probably cast like a 20 year old as right, to like. The older kid as the younger king. Yep. But like. That kid looks so much older. It's just, it's, it, it, I feel like I got sold a bag of peanuts and, uh, was told that they were like jewels. And I'm like, well, these are just, uh, kind of salty, salty peanuts. And I don't want to eat your peanuts. Okay. Well, get my peanuts out of your mouth. And yeah, so I will, uh, transition over to another one out of ten with we had one out of ten we had other builds before now just completely going back to what i said she's 25 and he's 15 but jaywalking 15 16 this is some pedo pushing garbage and everyone is giving it a pass because it's quote artsy if you switch the genders of the two characters this movie would be getting burned and he's right. There's constant inappropriate tension between a literal child and an adult, but it's okay because the victim is a boy and not a girl. 56 out of 97. Found that helpful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Grody. So uh, I'll kind of end this on a different note because I found this was like the first one I found. Um, this one is, this one I guess has spoilers, but uh, this guy's review, it's a little long, but it's so old school and old timey that I think I have to read it in like it's a wonderful life voice ah. from from burles and jesse five um view four out of ten views on film review of licorice pizza uh spoilers the the odd title of 2021's licorice pizza doesn't add up to much licorice pizza the movie well it doesn't add up to much either the film's blueprint involves a 15-year-old boy and a 25-year-old girl hanging out together in Southern California circa 1973. Why these two would ever have anything to do with each other or even be attracted to each other is, well, it's beyond me. So yeah, Licorice Pizza is a, it's a comedy drama that saunters and irks. It's like a series of random me decade scenes that sort of taper off into the wind the leads elena haim and cooper kaufman are not horrible they're just dupes of automation they begrudgingly do whatever paul thomas anderson's implausible screenplay tells them to speaking of anderson well well he's the director once the boy genius behind my favorite flick of all time boogie nights paul thomas anderson has now regressed to the point of jumbledness with Licorice Pizza, he dips back into the 70s again, butchering the almighty cinematic form. There's no continuity, no lucid story, no scripted 411. So, so okay, Anderson knows where to put the camera, and, and yeah, his soundtracks are earthy and retro. This one is good, but lacks a little freshness. Still, you can't help but which PTA would spend two-plus hours on something more than a messy bipolar character study. In truth, I was annoyed by Elena Haim's Elena Kane to the point where I wanted to shake the wishy-washy out of her. I mean, what a royal pain in the butt. 
per the last paragraph, I said that Licorice Pizza was a messy film. True that. <laughs> True that. <laughs> It can learn the age-old wisdom from a tidy one. Licorice Pizza is also cock and bull film. I mean, you'd have to believe that Hoffman's Gary Valentine could own a pinball arcade, successfully mack on a 20-something, and manage a waterbed factory as a blackhead juvenile. Why? Add to pointless cameos. I'm talking to you, Bradley Cooper and Sean Penn. And fading personas whose plot threads adds to, add to nil... And you have the movie equivalent of a failed computer competitor on the gong show. Hold the anchovies. 64 out of 98 found that helpful. I got a lot of Owen Wilson out of that one. Okay. That's fair. I was I was hoping to... I never know where I'm going to end up, but I was really hoping to go um, for the, the guy from It's a Wonderful Life. I still liked it though. It. I still liked it though. Thank I you. I actually don't know the uh, it's a wonderful life guy. I'll tell you, I'll Google I've never seen guy. F- I've never seen the movie. It's a wonderful life. I'll I'll look that up. I may have I was I was hoping that if I couldn't land that I would at least land on like Barney Fife from uh, the Andy Griffith show, but that might that's a that's a little bit of a different beast. I get. I kind of see it though. I think I found a a is a lasso lasso to the moon guy. Um, lasso to the moon. Maybe um, James Stewart. I'm trying to go for like a James Stewart kind of thing. Okay. Right, I think it worked. I think it worked. And uh, uh, that's that's all the top ten for uh, uh, box office mojo. A special shout out to a movie I want to forget. Venom. Let there be carnage. Uh, you know, still, still, Wait, it's still in theaters. Oh no, it's down. Seventeen right. weeks strong at number seventeen. Also, uh, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it has made five hundred two million worldwide, which is approximately two hundred million more than Black Widow. So, mm-hmm. Black Widow is better. It wasn't it? Wasn't good, but it was better. Then, then Venom, let there be shit. Uh, nothing else really of note. A uh, couple things here and there. No, nothing even really like released in the, like the top or lower twenties. So we can, as always, move on to the next bit of fun, which is gaming news. Uh, this is the segment where we talk to you about gaming news, uh, NFTs. Uh, computer components, you name it. Actually, we'll name it uh, and tell you. You just have to sit there and listen. Uh, first, I'll get off with the cool stuff. Uh, future NVIDIA GPUs could be 20% better at ray tracing, so there is room for improvement. Wow. Who would have guessed? Wow. And NVIDIA is working on a new technique that can improve ray tracing capabilities of future GPUs. Ray tracing is all about calculating lighting and reflections to create detailed light and shadows in video games. Uh, it just adds a little pizzazz to your game. Right. So, you know, when the fires and the the shadows and shit and lighting uh, pops into your game, it's not all, like, artificially rendered beforehand. It actually not all peaches and cream. Well, it reacts with the environment, which is a lot cooler. Um, so there are some benefits visually to it. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it definitely could be better. So 
uh cool uh and and speaking of gpus uh we are looking at some prices starting to uh go down for gpus and whatnot due to uh drops in possibly a bubble bursting in the cryptocurrency i think within the past week or so bitcoins dropped about 50 percent of where it was which is actually pretty fucking significant uh coming down from like sixty thousand. is that what it was now it's down to like 33 something like that i it, it could have yeah, bounced was. back by now but i know a lot of it had to do with um some announcements made by uh papa jerome powell who is the uh the daddy of the economy yeah there was also um a big i, I would say it's, well, it's it's probably got a lot of traction at this point i know i watched it um a video that came out uh this week or late last week um it was the new dan olson folding ideas video uh, the problem with nfts which was just this two hour like condensed like everything you need to know about financial craziness from 2008 until now and just breaks it down on all the, the weird like all the weird shit that's going on like how many people do you know who when someone just says the word nft like they all just go what's that what's an nft yeah i don't know what those are like this is the video that like answers that question it's like tenfold yeah and there's um and nfts i don't know if nfts are are more uh, what's the word i'm looking for i guess more uh corrupted by like people taking advantage of them than like anything i've seen in recent light which has made me extremely hesitant to like even acknowledge their legitimacy um mm-hmm. but you have you have constant things that pop up every now and then with nfts saying that's the future of gaming it's the future of this and you have um influencers and content creators and even companies starting to do more shit with nfts i think the nba at some point try to do that was for the very beginning stuff where you could like own a shot of like kobe dunking or some shit um yeah now it's, it's other but then it's devolved into shit that you find on open sea where you know i can go on to open sea right now and find tons of shit on uh like how to buy like a, a picture of a monkey for five grand or 50 grand or some shit like that and it's all a ponzi scheme and it's all a ponzi scheme because the people who are making this are assigning the value from the beginning and they are pawning it off on uh, people who think it has value. Oh, this one just sold for fifty thousand. I can buy this one for forty-five thousand. At, at you know, I can turn around and make five thousand profit or something like that. But there's nobody to sell it to. That's the whole thing. That's the whole scheme. Is that nobody wants to buy this? Actually, the sales that you actually are finding are like personal sales within the creator of the NFTs. It's it's a it's a it's an age-old scheme that would be that would happen. So, like, let's say I, I say, okay, Peter, I have a I have a watch. I'm going to sell you, um, but it's uh, I I tell you, it's been worn by the Queen, so it's it's probably worth around five hundred dollars. But I'll give you a deal and I'll sell it to you for two fifty. Um, and then a guy or- a guy next to me says, oh well, I'll I'll come I'll come uh, I'll buy it for four hundred. 
I'll buy it for 400 Oh, but I already offered it to Peter for 250 You say, of course, I'll take it. And you go to sell it to the guy who wanted it for 400 And he's no longer there because he never existed in the first place. Yeah. like It's like as if Chad Michael Murray was selling his shirts between... Chad and Michael and Murray were all selling their shirts to each other for more and more prices to drive up the price. Yeah. Um, and then you realize it's nothing. See, now this is nothing. This is interesting. Um, because, so the video, it's called Line Goes Up the Problem with NFTs. It's like been a week since it came out. It's already got two. It's a two hour video and it's already got like 2.7 million views. Um, so it's, it's gone, it's gone big. But, um, We'll weigh in as a Magic the Gathering player once again. Um, the secondary market for Magic is, again, like, there is some basis that, like, you know, there's actual demand because people want to play in tournaments with cards, but there's a lot of speculation that's done on, on little cardboard squares. Um, and it's really, uh, like, Magic's gotten to a point where it's really apparent when something is a pump and dump um, because you'll see, like, a copy of, like, a portal three kingdoms card jump by like a thousand dollars in a week and you're like yeah okay i'll you know i'll wait another week till you stop your stupidity mm-hmm. and then i can buy at the regular price that it was at um and this is only maybe a step up from that yeah and and the the other just uh blatant thing with with magic compared to nfts is that magic the gathering cards are official licensed cards from wizards of the coast Mm -hmm. they are tangible they have a function function. they have an inherent value um they They have an msrp well not anymore i guess but they they're recognized like by an industry by a group that gives it almost like financial value you know wizards of the coast putting black lotus on the reserve list telling people promising they won't ever print it again is them saying this is rare this is one of a kind if you own it you own a unique piece of at this point history i mean uh, let's let's be honest at this point like magic cards are becoming a part of history they're almost 30 years old they uh were influential in in a lot of places in in game design and card design and art even i mean you could also call them just physical pieces of art i think it is understood that the you know alpha sets are artistically uh unique and 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 quality so i mean mean, with that there's not a lot else like i mean there's a lot we could honestly talk about nfts uh, for a while, but it'd be kind of like just beating a dead horse at this point. It's like, will they show up in games? I maybe. God, God, I hope not. I hope not. It it probably might be something like a microtransaction, but the way that I think a lot of people want it to show up in games, I don't think can work. It, it involves a lot of talk between games. Uh, you know, I would like to see it maybe show up in like a Call of Duty scenario where you can port it over to different call of duty games and then that's what i've heard i've heard about that's that's the uh one use for for blockchain um and even that's that's kind of tough i think but if it's as long as it's like one franchise and with how copy paste call of duty is already mm-hmm. 
But I think uh, I think NFTs serve a function. I don't know what function that is yet because right now we're in the monkey brain process. No pun intended because they're all pictures of like these fucking monkeys that are dressed up and and they're carbon copies of each other that just look like shit. And you can just copy and paste it and <laughs> screen grab it and shit like that. Uh, or or apparently they're malware because apparently. <sighs> Uh, since you can transact with the wallet, as long as you know the wallet ID, there's no second protections on it, or on a lot of them. Oh, Jesus. Deposit coins into people. Like, imagine a Trojan virus where you don't have to have any security to bypass. You just put your virus on your little monkey picture, and then you put it in someone's wallet, and they tap the button, and it it downloads their entire wallet into yours that fucking sounds like a banksy thing like i i could see that being you know how like he shredded his one painting that one time when it got sold at auction it's like i can imagine him like making a a fucking virus nft that gets sold at auction saying it's a banksy nft and then the rich person gets their whole account just locked maybe maybe like, it'll be fun oh yeah it's like ransomware for their <laughs> yeah wallet. yeah Hey, you have to pay me. <laughs> Essentially, that's what you know. NFTs are. They're just ransomware. You just have to pay to unlock this picture of a monkey to legally own it. And it's not even legally. It's not illegal about it's, it. It's not even a picture. It's a, it's a line of uh, some code. And they're not even good. They're not even good, too. That's what gets my goat. Yeah. They're, they're grody. Uh, um, they're, I just don't want to yeah. so, put it behind us. Talk about something higher quality, Pokemon Arceus. Yeah, Pokemon Arceus uh, is out or almost out. People are calling it an RTS. I don't believe them. Calling Pokemon Arceus an RTS would be like calling a uh, one of those little like calculators that flip up and have the little stand built into them and are solar powered a TI eighty three. It's not. It's not. I mean, you know, it's like calling them a laptop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a folding, it's a folding uh, uh, thing, a uh, technology device with uh, buttons on it. No, it's. I mean, Pokemon being an RTS, it's not. It's you're clicking buttons, and half the time, it's honestly just the strong move, because it's it yeah, always so. reverts to the same age old thing in Pokemon, where you just get to the point where you can one shot all your fucking mons or all these enemies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the innovation, which everyone's going gazongas over is you can now use your moves as a light attack or a heavy attack yeah um so you can hit you can do your move a little different um cool i guess it's it's not the worst innovation the only time Um, i could see this happening would be in like a competitive scene and there's no competitive yeah from what i'm um, so i I don't know if that's like I don't know if that's going to make up for everything else. I I don't know. We'll see how the reception is. Yeah. I I almost don't trust the popular reception though because there it's going to be pokey heads who are like super stoked about it. Um because it's being able to do a Pokemon adventure like that is more than just walking around and then going into battle mode when you hit a random patch of grass. Um so it's good for, good for them. Um, so I'll reiterate it. The world kind of looks like poopy. Yeah, 
the 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 reviews coming out, the early reviews coming out are nine out of ten from Nintendo Life, four out of five from Eurogamer, eight out of ten from GameSpot, uh, as well as more and more and more uh, rave reviews. Um, let me actually click on one. Uh, how do you like Kotaku? I Paul, I was about to click on a Polygon one, but I thought I heard. We do not like Kotaku. No Kotaku. This house. Oh, what well, about I, Polygon? What do they say about it. I got I got a list of them here. Um, you got like a Metacritic score for this? I don't know if they have a Metacritic. Gamespot, Eurogamer, GamesRadar. That seems non-biased. Uh, yeah, this has some pros and cons. It's a little bit. Oh, GamesRadar says Pokemon Legends Arceus review: a refreshing take on poke on the Pokemon formula. Pros: creates a realistic Pokemon world. Best storytelling in the series to date. That's actually quite interesting. Gameplay experiments pay off, which is good, I think. I, I wonder what the experiments are. I think probably the world riding, like the r- flying with a Pokemon. Uh, performance doesn't match its open world ambition. I think they're probably talking about the draw distance being poopy and how Pokemon just are popcorning all over the screen. Uh, research quests could be more observational. Um, so then they go on for the review. I won't bore you with the review, but they do go on to say some good stuff. I don't know if they give like a final so, review. I am looking at the meta the meta score on this, yeah. and it has an eighty six on Metacritic. Which to put that in context, um, that's two below Metroid Dread. Hmm. Like so, it's almost on the same level as Metroid Dread. Um, and it is above. It scored higher than Disco Elysium. Wow. And SMT5. So. I don't know about, I don't know about it, fam. Uh, this, uh, the game is confusing. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm nitpicking on realism from a, from a Pokemon game. But the whole time, you're meant to believe, oh, you're in ancient... Uh, you're in, like, feudal Japan, kind of. I mean, even, like, yeah. the, the architecture... The building structures, the clothing is all like old feudal Japan style. You have a fucking wind uh, or a water turbine, uh, a water mill there. And it looks like there are these forts and these encampments. They're not like these sprawling cities everywhere. And you have a cell phone. Yeah. You have a cell phone and, not to mention, they've perfected the digitizing of... Uh, creatures in these little wooden steampunk balls. Mm. I will... Alright, so this is my only defense of Pokeballs, um, which is, I think it's from an old Shinto thing, um, because I remember reading somewhere that, like, mirrors are really important in in Shinto culture, and if you ever looked in the anime, the inside of Pokeballs are covered in mirrors. So it's like a way of trapping yokai. It was like a mirror thing. So it's it might be like an old like magical kind of custom thing or like a spiritual thing. Yeah, I'm fine um, with chalking it up because to magic. they always call Pokemon animals, but they've really always been like folklore gremlins. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fucking monsters! They're monsters, Pokemon. Yeah, so. So I can, there's a part, I can feasibly see how you could make one in ancient times if you took an apricot or an apricorn, hollowed it out, and mirrored the inside. Mm-hmm. 
I, I could see that. Um, that's that's the only. I will not justify the cell phone, however. Um, it, the Sheikah slate. This is not. <laughs> yeah, I would have liked there to be something else. I don't know what. I don't know if they just write down their name or. Or maybe it's just a simple log that gets auto-filled and they don't show you writing it in all the time. I think they could have gotten away with that. I don't know exactly what the cell phone does. I haven't played it, but I do see it. And it is uh, unimmersive. It does kind of the opposite of what they want you to do. Uh, Why can't it be like a like an, like an unknown book where you write in, in like the unknown letters and they dance across the, the page or the, the tat? Let me do like an actual rock. More magic. That would be fucking sweet. But no, they gotta fucking sell Rotom because that's Pikachu just doesn't cut it anymore. So yeah. you, gotta, you gotta put Rotom on everything. Exactly, Rotom on everything. Um, and yeah, they are they are just uh, tons of rave reviews coming out about this. And I'm seeing uh, Pokemon. I wouldn't say leaks at this point, but early access gamers all over TikTok, YouTube, Twitch, you name it. Um, I don't know. It looks. It looks okay. It, it looks pretty good. I, I, I won't lie. It looks okay. Um, I don't know anything about the story, so anything with that kind of critique, I'm sure it's not only subjective, but it's it's also... Stop that. No. <laughs> we're, not go, we're not going there again. What'd you, I just what'd you get into Dawn's dresser, huh? What is that? <laughs> Pokemon brand and everything. Jesus Christ, Rotom is Rotom's being a little bit trickster. Um, <laughs> Less Rotom, more Rotom. <laughs> oh God. Um. So yeah, there's uh, that shit that's going on with Pokemon Arceus. Um, go out, check it out. I don't know if it's worth a sixty dollar game. Uh, I don't plan on getting it, but I do kind of want to watch some gameplay, so I might look for a full playthrough starting this weekend um i know my the streamer that i watch is going to be playing it so i might check that out um moving on to Yu-Gi-Oh! master duel is kicking ass on stream wow this might be the definitive edition of the popular tcg i know there's been a, a whole lot of different things that you can play I know you guys played the one game on stream, but that was, you know, collecting the cards. And then there was, like, a free version of it as well that you could download and get it on Discord. I think I actually got it on Discord. Uh, I think so I, notable for this. Project um, Ignis once, is, a, is a free one on Discord. Gotcha. Um, yeah, notable about this. Once for the third time, uh, just bring it back to Magic again. Um, this is kicking arenas dick in uh by all measures um arena has come under a lot of fire for not having supported formats uh for not having uh an expansive card list it's a pretty limited card list available um having a really crap economy and recovery system um like i don't even think you can like you get like wild cards when they ba- when they uh rebalance a card yeah and uh, speaking yeah. of, they've the introduction of alchemy as a format, which now affects other formats because they can rebalance and nerf cards in digital now, uh, entirely separating digital from paper. Yeah. Uh, so this has led to a thing where you will spend three months building your standard deck, and or historic or whatever, and then they do a balance change 
for one of your key cards, and that deck you just spent three months grinding for is now toast. Uh, whereas people have been able to get meta decks and um, competitive builds within the first uh, week or so on on Yu-Gi-Oh, no problems. Yeah, yeah, alchemy was something that I I stopped paying attention right when that was like announced, um, and I started looking into what some of the changes were being made. I don't know if it really pushed the needle, and I'm sure it made waves in the, like, really competitive scene, because they were making some big fucking changes with mana cost and the effects of the cards, and, you know, identifying them with the A. So I could definitely see how frustrating it can be where they're changing around these cards, and they're, I don't know how constantly they were doing it. And balancing these cards and your meta deck is just kind of uprooted. I mean, it's not it's probably not different than, like, a banned card. But at that point, it's like, what would you rather have? Your meta deck being uprooted by a ban and then getting wild cards in exchange for the cards that you got banned. So maybe you have, like, four wild cards, like, in your pool now that you can make into any card you want. Replace it with something in that deck and then you're, you're good to go. Or playing with a the same meta deck, just very underpowered. And I think that's probably the feels bad, because at the really high competitive level, it's like everybody has the cards. Everybody has all the cards, or at least. And mm-hmm. now you're... This, this one card that used to be, okay, a staple in, in a lot of other decks, are is just not, not powerful anymore. And... It ruined multiple decks. And there's no replacement for it. Because it was a good card. And it's just like... It's somewhere in between, you know? The, you can't really, like... It, it's harder to retool around, maybe. I don't know. I'm probably butchering it, but... It no, I get it you. definitely it, uprooted, I think, competitive. It really sets you back. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, think, I think they're doing it more... It's almost like if you compare it to, like, a ban. It's like they banned or changed... Um, like 15 cards. There was a lot of cards on the alchemy list that got changed. And if this is the way that they're going with alchemy, then are they going to make that the new standard? Like this is the competitive scene? This is what it's going to look like? Is something where they have the finger on the button at all times and they're ready to press it and readjust? I don't know. And it's, this is so obviously once uh, without having to, you know, I'll reiterate again. Uh, that it is, this is all because, uh, for, oh, this is all the fruit that is born of the seed of fire design, where the goal was to push it now and fix it later, mm-hmm. um, which I'm not a fan of. I say balance the cards all the way first, um, erring on the conservative side of power increases, and you'll add longevity to your game. I was just um, thinking that exact same thing because the spoilers for Kamigawa are out now, or starting now, and they are going to push a lot of cards to sell sets, sell cards, mm-hmm. which I understand. But having this out in terms of alchemy is now allowing them to just make these busted cards, ban them in paper magic. And tweak them on arena, which 
not saying that they only care about Arena now, but like it's kind of clear that Arena and Commander are the only formats they really are concerned with at this point. Like Paper Standard is dead. Yeah, it's not going to come back for you know, it's not it wouldn't come back for a while regardless and when it does it's probably going to yeah. be a shadow of its form. Yeah. Yeah. And they they may just be like, "Oh, it's cheaper to do arena f- tournaments." It's like we don't need If they can get it to work. Yeah. They had to have a special client because they didn't have any sort of actual peer-to-peer matchmaking, like an actual chosen like you can't I don't think Arena has a friends list still. Um I think they do. Okay. There was something where you could you could, see, but it was clunky. You had to like type in their name. You had to set it up, make it look private, and it was like a whole thing to make this this match. Whereas you probably could have easily just like, here's the list of friends that are online. Do you want to play them? Yes or no, and then figure out the the, the you know what format you want later. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this is this is why I still use MitGo. To play the one format that I still play usually, which is Commander, yeah. um, because you first you can play Commander on Mitko. You can't do it on Arena unless you know until special days or whatever. Um, but you can play on there to get your collection. At least how I build my decks. If you're not buying staples, you can get you know a dollar, you know a cent per card if you're buying like regular cards yeah. and. You can look up friends list. You can just join a pod of people, and you can tell which pod of people you're joining, and and the game works. And it's they don't rebalance the cards. And the only downside is that sometimes it breaks and there's some bugs. Yeah, which I will take that. Though. Which is not. It's not like it's doesn't happen with arena. There are bugs and it breaks all the time with arena. When when. They make mechanics that are so strong and they're borderline infinite, it breaks the game. And they have to, like, they were forced to set in, like, things where it would automatically draw if you didn't respond. But sometimes you get into a feedback loop in Magic where things will go infinite and the game doesn't know how to properly work with that. And they had to default and say, it's a draw. <laughs> so it, things that feedback loop infinitely uh, are draws, which are. You know, not usually the case. You you can yeah. usually try to stop them in some way or shape or form. Um, but that's magic, and we're talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! And that is kicking ass on stream, and I hope kicking Magic Arena's ass, because competition's good. We like to see that. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel is launched on Steam as what developer Konami calls a definitive digital edition of trading card game. Seems to have landed big time. The free-to-play, free-to-play, I did not know that, card shuffler has been riding high in various stream Steam charts, most notably hitting a peak of 262,333 concurrent players over the last 24 hours with a peak of 233. Uh, the peak was 233 and boasts mostly positive reviews. We'll have a review up soon, but uh, yada yada. The game is naturally PvP-focused. That doesn't include uh, a casual mode. Though there are various solo story modes, uh, the, which the which Ma- Magic Arena does not have, the wider game is built around rotating tournaments and events with 10,000 plus cards included. Clearly a little familiarity will help you a lot. And if you don't have that, here's our guide to getting started. So, 
10,000 cards is a lot of freaking cards, and I don't know how mm -hmm. close that is to MCG Arena, but that is a fair amount. Uh, arena card pool count. Let me just see if they all say. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so counting right, lands. I guess. Oh, this was three years ago. What's what's the how many cards in MTG Arena? Uh, is this recent? Because they they will event, they will usually. I mean, a, a normal standard probably has anywhere from like. Um, Maybe two hundred or no, not two hundred. Uh, um, four hundred fifty to like seven hundred at the most mm -hmm. cards in. Oh, the that's same the time. other thing. When your shit rotates out of out of standard, you can only play it in historic. Yes. Um, yes. Yep. All the all the formats. So right now, standard is about fifteen hundred cards. Oh, standard and is fifteen hundred. Wow. Yeah, um, let's see. Is there a total list of? Uh, t -t 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 yeah, there's. Why is it so complicated just to say how many cards <laughs> there are? In here? They don't want you to find this information. Mm -hmm. um, and this yeah, is it's it's a fr it's a fraction I should say. And this is and it, I'll have you say even if it is ten thousand, which I think it, it might be, it might actually be around there because they have come out with a lot of like historic sets and um, uh, they made they made a new format for arena only where they came out with a it's like a modern type of set. Um, so it might be around ten thousand, but even if it is, that's after three years, three or four years of it being out. This is ten thousand on release. This is. Konami saying, here's our entire game on release, while Magic is saying, we have a lot of DLCs to sell you. Mm -hmm. Because they could have set up with Modern already pre-included and those a bunch of those cards already included in there. But they didn't. But they didn't. Yeah, which is the, the yeah, big so. important factor. Anyways, moving on from that shit. Guy cuts his mouse in half. I don't need a fucking back, he said. He did surgery on a mouse, not a real mouse, a gaming mouse. Um, he cut the back off of his. Uh, what is what is this mouse? I think I have one. Uh, yeah, it's this one. Whatever the the one with the guy with the hair. Oh, I don't know. Anyways, it's uh one of those super lightweight mouses. Um, and he took a hacksaw to that shit. He said, sometimes you're scrolling through TikTok, you find a man who claims he has the most scuffed mouse ever, who then proceeds to explain how he cut it in half with a hacksaw. I hold the mouse like this. I like to do the precision movements with my fingers. I don't need the fucking back TikTok user, Bony TTV, a claw grip user, says in a video that, that's been watched by more than 166,000 people. Wow. So great. Oh, it was a glorious Model O wireless. And he just sawed it in half. What a fucking gamer, dude. Um, and that about does it. It's a, not, not a super strong week for big-time gaming news. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, let me read off some of these stories. I know it's Game Rant, but these, some of these are fucking hilarious. Like These are, these are top news stories when I look at Game Rant. Um, 
Uh, let's see. Nintendo leaker thinks Breath of the Wild 2 will still release this year. Oh. My Bold. Heroes w- one My Hero 1's Justice 2 adds Kurogiri to roster. Um Amaranth says she's going to make a rap album. Oh, good. With hot tubs? Retro Retro Studios posts new job listing for Metroid Prime 4. That's a news article. News. Newsworthy. Um, just... How can we expect good game news when Russia's invading Ukraine? Come on. But how? Meanwhile, I'm just sitting here playing Wordle, trying to figure out what the next word is. (laughs) And that word... Smile. Smile. <laughs> that that is five words. Yeah, that that'll do it. Smile. Uh, and of course, it's what Jake. That's one word. Your dyslexia is acting up again. It's one word. Smile. Yeah, it's five letters. It's oh word. God, I'm fucking. I'll take myself. I'll see myself out back. God damn it. <sighs> um, letters are different than words, and friends should always smile. And if you can't smile for whatever reason, please contact Smiling Friends. Yes. Um, so we watched all of Smiling Friends. Uh, it was it, it. So it's the the new Adult Swim show that's been very popular, um, and has made a strong transition from from internet animation to to TV. Um, uh, this this is all just a TV show, but. The guy who's behind this, Zach Hadel. Um, let me make sure I have that name right, because he's pretty fucking ubiquitous. I think I think also uh, uh, Michael Cusack also helped with. I don't know if he did the animation or if he did voices or something, uh, but you definitely see the influences of Michael Cusack as well. Uh, of course, that mm-hmm. comes from our review of. Um, fuck, what was it? The uh, what are the girls? The girl adventure. Yolo Crystal Fantasy. Yeah, Crystal Which, Fantasy. So. He was yeah. So this is also um, yeah. Cusack he did he did uh, Rick and Morty Bushland Adventure, which is one of our favorite oh, we love uh, that Adult one. Swim shorts. And then he made his own series, which was a little more mediocre. Um, and then he kind of worked with Zach on Smiling Friends. Um, so this is kind of their labor of love between them two, and it really is as much as anything on Adult Swim is this is an internet like flash series just ported to tv yeah and really well done comedy and it was actually kind of uh scary i think tiktok is digging into my google chrome search history because uh not only was it five minutes after i finished watching the last episode of smiling friends tiktok had uh given me a video about reviewing some of smiling friends and i was like i have never seen a smiling friends TikTok before, holy fuck, mm-hmm. it's scary. But I enjoyed it nonetheless. So thank you, China, for showing me what I wanted. <laughs> yep. Um, so you know, it's the it's the Adult Swim short format, fifteen minute episodes. Um, the it it's tiny it's tiny content, so it has I mean for TV, so it basically has the premise and not much else. Um, it's so the premise is. It's it's sorry. First, I gotta talk about this. Um, it's a 
great premise for like a for a tiny show like this where it really doesn't matter so you just choose the most generic thing charlie and pim are two guys who work at the smiling friends company and they have to make people smile and every episode they have to make someone smile i think it can't get more basic than that i think it's a perfect formula for something that works is like just a mix of like office and adventure humor um where Every show can start... Every episode can start off the same. It's another day of the office. What hijinks are they going to get into? What wacky, zany thing is Mr. Boss going to trigger? Because half the time, he was the, the, the impetus for the events that happened next. And they, he would send him on a job, and then something would happen. And it would always work out in the end, which was a nice thing. Like, it always came together and they did an awesome job of 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 letting you know that would happen but not letting you know how it would happen right it was <laughs> you would never i was you know as as it should be you never really like concerned or had any you never had any reason to really be like invested in the plot no you were just kind of like what's what the fuck's gonna happen next um and that pairs very well with uh the intensely frenetic style of animation and editing um which is it's this it's this head it's this whiplash blend of like one frame sequences where they'll do like a whole set of actions in like the span of two frames and then this gorgeous like uh, high def, you know, 60 FPS, crazy quality um, animation for just the stupidest things. Like, so uh, we'll talk about the pilot episode, which was, I think, they're, they're probably their strongest in terms of they put everything out. He put everything out there to to go. So in that scene, they're trying to um, keep this guy Desmond from killing himself, and Desmond's played by Mike Staclasa, which is fucking hilarious. Because he, Mike Staclasa, does the perfect uh, schlub voice, depressed guy, <laughs> and you can't. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't help but want to do that impression myself. Um, but they're at they're at his house, and it is like the perfect um, trashy house vibe. Uh, they there's a lot of real life moments that I think are captured in in truly relatable detail because in my life i've definitely experienced those moments where you're at like a dinner table and you're trying to have like a normal dinner with someone but like the you know the whole house is a little is a little scuffed up there's like the kids running in the background and they'll have like the kids and they'll just like dash across screen in like the span of like a millisecond Mm -hmm. and then the wife is like she's like swirling her chianti or whatever and that's like this beautiful 3d rendered fucking gorgeous animation just for like her little her wine that you don't even see because she's like yelling at her husband over some like domestic dispute shit and it all just kind of comes together into this like crescendo of of overstimulation so you'll find something you're laughing at but more than likely you'll end up laughing at just like everything at the same time where you know which makes a review hard because 
the comedy here is the equivalent of like you find again you find something really fucking hilarious on the internet and then you're like your your brother comes and he's like what are you laughing at and you're like i don't know <laughs> it's it's all it's all like you had to be there in the moment like you had to be there kind of moments because Mm -hmm. if we were to explain these jokes it it would not hit well and it would be a disservice but taking it in with the environment with the characters that they're talking to the animation style that they're talking to and the premise of everything um just makes it that much funnier and just I, I just have to point out, like you, I think you mentioned the the wine sloshing around. It, <laughs> and in the same frame, it's a fucking JPEG of a wine. It's a bottle JPEG of a time. wine bottle, and it's like, and and the the other thing is like the eyes. They do a thing that like Rick and Morty's been known to do, where they just kind of like scribble in the eyes. They don't care. You can get really detailed with eyes. You can also get like moderately detailed with the eyes, but they made the conscious effort to literally just do scribbles with the eyes. For him, for Charlie, are just dots. But then you have Desmond, who is the focus of it, and he is the most detailed slob of a man ever. Even the gun, because that's the focus of this. Is like, uh, he's holding a gun to his head the whole time. He's holding a gun to his head the whole time. He's like, make me smile. He has one goal. It's very simple. It's, it's simple to the fact that Pim and Charlie have to go make Desmond smile, and they're failing utterly at it. Nothing can get it to work. And, I mean, in this episode alone, the animation changes multiple times to the, the basic the Smiling Friends animation to the the JPEG of a wine bottle. Yep, there's Rotoscope Dude. There's Rotoscope Dude at, at, at the party. At the party. Where it's just like, it takes you off for a second. And then it's got the... looking dude. He's like, what the fuck? And then it's got the Bushmaster nose, like the really detailed like oh i it's it's um it's got that um it definitely you can feel the whole a whole history of animation in every episode because um you can tell that they took a lot of inspiration you know from ren and stimpy like onwards Mm -hmm. you know um there's the for example there's the halloween episode um where he has to go and get the wood for for whatever and the the fucking demon comes out of the woods, and I'm like, this is straight courage, the cowardly dog. Like, that was that. They actually kind of like it got me a couple times. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't scream. I didn't, I didn't scream or nothing, but um, it was definitely a little scary. Yeah. And they fucking, <laughs> and they're like, dude, is that fucking blackface? No, no, no. I'm I'm an actual demon. <laughs> Not cool, man. Not cool. And then they stamp his fucking face in. Um, and like throughout all of this, you know, Charlie played by Zach, um, he, he gets, like, he just does his commentary and everything. And a lot of the comedy is just the way, like, this is just the way that, uh, he speaks, but he's got that really stuffed up sinus voice, which is impossible. Like, I can't mimic it if I try, Mm -hmm. but it absolutely adds an entire dimension to the dialogue when he's just talking about whatever he's like yeah that's why i don't that's why i don't dress up on halloween man you can't do it like i don't want to get canceled in 10 years you know it's like he'll talk about the most mundane shit like um uh the episode frowning friends when the frowning friends come to town and the whole episode starts with this 
utterly banal conversation, which I've definitely had before with people, where you're just browsing the internet, and you sh- he like he shares a headline about the Renaissance men are coming to town, and Pim's like, what are those? I don't fucking know. I'm just I'm just sharing the news. Yeah, I'm just telling you the Renaissance men are coming. <laughs> The small relatable things that like got me multiple times throughout this, like this is one of them. It's like when when you are just reading off an article, like Eric's claiming, "Oh, the, these are coming to town," and somebody's like wants more information, and you're like, "Oh, I just read the article. Like, I just read the title. Like this is all I know. You're you know as much as I know at this point. You're guessing. Why are you asking me for more? I don't know who they are." It's that obnoxious frustration. That's just it. Just hits you right, right at home. Oh, it's it's so good. Um, and then they they call back to it at the end of the episode when they shoot the frowning friends. Yep. Yeah. Which is which is a, like it's a fucking joke. Like they they just come in as like a non sequitur and and just nuke them and they come out and they're not even they aren't even Renaissance. They're they're Knights Templars. Yeah. Let's just put yep. this out. Yeah. There. True. True. And then. It's this joke that, like, why would you ever follow up on this joke? But they do. And that makes it unexpected and therefore mm-hmm. fucking hilarious. You also, and, and this had the, a lot of, uh, this episode had a lot of the Mr. Boss moments. And who I particularly like because he reminded me so much of Meat Canyon. And just everything yeah. that Meat Canyon has done ever is like just Mr. Boss wrapped up to a T. Like the first time we get introduced to him, he's milking, he's he's feeding this this like little thing that he has in his arms. And it's like, what the fuck is happening? This is creepy as shit. And now he's like going batshit crazy and the animation detail that they put into him is just like it's it's always neat to see when they go detailed and they go pretty crazy. With one of these, because you're used to this little pink guy with one hair, and Charlie, who's just a yellow blob with, with uh, with with, with, the, with beady the eyes. Style that, yeah, the psychic pebbles style, which is everyone is just a nose connected to a neck, like yeah. a fucking brontosaurus. Yep. Um, he just draws everyone with these just like gigantic schnozzes. And then you have Mister Boss, who is just this detailed, bulbous, weird dude. And he's going on this rampage, uh, and he does some, and somebody ends up smiling in the end. Yeah. Finally. So uh, it's it's worth noting that this this and many other things can be considered callbacks to his work as a as an animator before uh, he he came on TV when he was still like on Newgrounds and up till even now like he's still that's his main thing is like doing stuff on YouTube. Um, he he guest stars with like chris o'neill on their uh, onion friends um and there's so you kind of create this spectrum which i think it works really well you see it with some other shows i've seen it with some other adult swim things with creators i don't know where it goes from i know nothing about this person so this is just adult swim stuff and i think it hits with a lot of those people and it makes it's still pretty funny if you don't know anything about him and it goes all the way to yeah i followed this guy since he was in newgrounds and i know all of his work so there's a lot of callbacks and inside jokes and this is exactly his type of humor mm-hmm. and it it runs the whole gamut and i think it hits everyone in between um yeah. like yeah it's a very it's 
it's really easy to digest. It's very um, easy to digest. Uh, it's not episodic, so you can pick it up wherever. Or it is episodic. I don't know. What, what, or Yeah, it's episodic. Kind of. It, it is episodic. episodic in that they do a callback once in a while, and then the final episode kind of is a culmination. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's the fact that we're talking. I wanted to talk about this because I wanted I want an excuse to see it. Um, but frankly, I should say that us talking about it is probably uh, overdoing it, like by a lot. I would just say it's it's fifteen minute episode. What was what was your favorite episode? Um, I think it was still the pilot, um, with maybe the exception of, uh, da, 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 the adventure episode. The Enchanted and, like, Forest? In, yeah, the Enchanted Forest and, like, maybe the finale. Yeah, the Enchanted Forest was my favorite. That was my, what I liked the best. Um, that was definitely the one where I thought I knew what was coming at the end, and I was like, something's not right with this. I kind of, like picked that up and I was right on that aspect but I didn't realize what that would like lead to um uh and I was very uh very pleased with the entirety of that episode uh there was it was like your your beautiful adventure episode where they're they're tasked to go make the the princess who hasn't been able to smile for her portraits it's very dumb it's like a dumb little like reason why they have to go to the enchanted forest uh and then they go and Pim is all hyped about going to the Enchanted Forest. He's always wanted to be a hero. Is your dad on the lips? <laughs> exactly. They like reference these subtle little things that you're like, oh, that's you. You you think to yourself, that's weird, and then they call it out in the episode, and like, and then it makes you chuckle. Um, and and they and Charlie doesn't really care about it. He just wants to get the job over with. But he's the one that gets um. Uh, like all into the adventures and they go on a montage and he, he builds this, this armor and meets this uh, meets he does this, all the side quests he does all the side quests and he meets uh, Meep I think his name is was it Meep or Mip? Uh, Mip Mip it's Pim backwards oh yeah oh right. mm. um, and then they go on adventures and then uh, spoilers you know it doesn't make it, but he's like, give my, th- you know, give it to the princess. And the sub- the, the punchline of the whole thing is that he was like, he was the fucking stalker. Yeah, he was the stalker. Why? Why she wasn't smiling? They've been traveling with the reason why she hasn't been smiling. So they actually inadvertently by killing him, even though they didn't want to at first, they end up they, uh, you know, resolving the issues that were plaguing the princess. Um, and I, there, there's just some funny shit. There's just something funny about that box being a bomb at the end, and how intricate that was. How yeah, it turned into like seven for a second. How it like opened the box and then it like clicked into place. And there's this intricate time bomb centered in it. Yeah, it's so good. Um, <sighs> I think like I like them all, um, with maybe the exception of uh, the Salties episode. Salties episode was kind of weird. It was a little, it was a little lackluster, and that's like, oh, it's just a murder mystery. But you know, well, that was the, that was uh, really the only one that they departed from the like the original, where they there's there's nobody to make smile in it. Um, I like that. Um, yeah, they don't. Although the setup is great because they call the cops. They're like, "There's been a fucking murder." And they're like, "Oh yeah, no, we we don't do that anymore. We got a team for it." And then immediately they get a call back from Mister Boss, who's like. Hey, so there's been a murder, and we've been assigned by the cops to to take care of it, and just fucking boomerangs right back on him. 
Uh-huh. Um, and then of course the Mr. like the Mr. Salty ad, um, is it's almost like a fucking Tim and Eric. Yeah. I I, I love when they when they change around the the graphics and the, the animation style for this. They or they include some live action shit in here, um, like the yeah. and even like the three D like the what was that one character's name the three D. 3D a 3, 3D Squelton. That's just this blob in a sandbox it and was frowning one front. object that they, they rendered in Blender and then just did all the face animation. Oh my god. Because he never changes from that pose. Yeah. Um, so fucking crazy. Fucking shrimpina. Shrimpina, shrimpina yeah. <laughs> you gotta get your eyes checked, dude. You really gotta check. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Me too. Yeah, you've been saying that for like six, six seven months, dude. <laughs> But that's like something relatable. It's so, it's so there are so many dumb relatable bullshit in here that <laughs> I I was like I could see myself doing that. <laughs> I think I think a lot of this stuff was built up from again uh, he's a he's a frequent guest on Oni Plays, which is a it's ostensibly a Let's Play channel, but it really is uh, Chris O'Neill and whoever's on with him that week just bickering on the couch. Yeah. about whatever topic and maybe talking about the game for like a split second um if you haven't it zach isn't on this but um if you want to see kind of what it's like look up the hypothetical dictator segment from um oni plays i will send it over to jake and it's just them having this inane shouting match <laughs> about something that is absolutely should not concern anyone about you know it's this ridiculous argument that she really shouldn't exist in the first place um and it's like a fucking 10 minute uh argument between these guys um here. yeah let's have a look it up so well they have a um he has experience with just just ranting at people, and he, gotcha. he channels it here. Yeah, let's so, put, in the, put in the Discord. So that's really, that's smiling friends. Uh, I don't know how much more there is to say about it. I, I think we spent a half an hour talking yeah. about this, which is a quarter of the fucking shows. Which yeah, yeah. I mean, each episode is like ten to fifteen minutes long, so it's it's a really easy watch uh, if you can find it. On Adult Swim, you can find like the first two episodes are for free on Adult Swim. You can find it on Hulu, I think as well. Um, so I highly recommend it. Um, it's it's easy, fun watch, and it's it's fantastic. Yep, just go just go watch it, man. Um, well, right. that will do it for episode two ninety nine of the Saturn Suns podcast. Um, you can check us out on our Twitter at Stud Saturn, uh, our YouTube page, uh, the Saturn Suds Podcast. Uh, we have a website, SaturnSuds.com, where you can find links to all those things for Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we are affiliated with uh, Iron Blood Gaming at, uh, at Twitter on our, at Iron Blood Gaming. So go check them out if you want some more gaming content. They do Call of Duty and all that jazz, and I think we're going to be. Content. And they do hobby content too with uh, Hunter's Hobby Lobby, um, or Hobby Hanger. Sorry, not Hobby Lobby. That's that's uh, copyrighted. Uh, so check them all out. Um, 
and join us next week with our with our next episode. And I think you guys are start streaming again soon too, right? Whenever yeah, Kurt gets st- settled. Yeah, we're not streaming this week, and Kurt is not in this week because he has a new house that he's moving yeah. into. Getting that all settled, and I totally understand that situation. So, yep. good shit. All right, that'll do it for us. And that's that's it for this week. So be well, stay safe, and uh, party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye-bye.